Morning. Anybody? Wow. Yeah. Anybody love with Jesus this morning? Woo. Tell you what, worship was something for sure. Let me breeze through some announcements for you because we have a lot to cover. Like Abby said, didn't she do a great job? <laughs> Abby, would you stand up? I just want to embarrass you a little bit more. Yeah, just stand up and give Abby a, a round of applause. And her beautiful husband, Logan, <laughs> right beside her. All right, that's fun. First Wednesday, though, she did announce first Wednesday. This Wednesday, February 2nd, my son's birthday. Hey. And so we're going to be partying right here, and we're just kind of a great time. Like she said, there's going to be a, a truck here, food truck. Also, Valentine's Day, guys, we have you taken care of. Ladies, ladies who have had to plan Valentine's Day for the last 10 years, your work is done. We have done it. Now you get, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's a man who knows how to, how to just lean on what has already been done. And so what, wives, it's time to elbow your spouses or your, uh, your, your other and just say, hey, you need to pay attention right now. This is the only time the message is for the other person. The rest of it's for you. And so here, Valentine's Couple Dinner, February 14th, 6 p.m. at Margot Hill, which our very own Abby and Logan are hosting for us. And so that's going to be a huge, huge event. Get registered, though, to have your spot. You're going to have to register online at livewithpurpose.church. Also, tonight is the deadline for the missions trip to Honduras, March 12th through the 19th, round trip right here. You'll need your passport. Other than that, everything else is included. I love that dude's hair, by the way. And so, with that, <laughs> threw me off. And so, March 12th, March 12th through the 19th, today's the deadline, Honduras mission trip, livewithpurpose.church forward slash events. You'll find it there. Come on with us. We're going to have a great time. This is Vision Sunday. It's my favorite Sunday of the year because I love to cast vision for God's people. And for God, it is very important that his people have vision in their lives. Vision gives us the ability to see what is ahead even right now. Vision gives us the, the, the internal understanding and trust through faith that God is working this thing out as long as I catch what he is saying and wanting to do and just living according to that. If I could say it this way, helping me set boundaries that say yes to the right things and no to the, the good things. Because the antithesis of God things are good things. So there's a tree of life and then there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. But a lot of times, because we want to do good and be good and look, look good, we lean on good, and that's the opposite of what God has actually called us to do. You can hear more about that message last week if you want to go to YouTube or our website as well, but that is very important. And, and Scripture even says that in Proverbs 29, 18, there's an issue that exists. There, where there is no revelation, the people are without restraint. They cast off restraint. And in another version of the ASV says, where there is no, one says revelation, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. And what that means is, if I can't see where I'm going, then I just, I don't have any boundaries. I don't have anything that's guiding my life. Meaning, you know what? And sometimes I just give up. Anybody ever, anybody ever been caught in a cycle? It just feels like my life just keeps repeating itself and repeating itself. Amen. Me too. Repeating itself until I found vision from the Lord for my life and I begin to walk accordingly. Then all of a sudden things begin to change in my life and fruit began to bear, my life began to bear fruit. So it's vision. 
And that's why we need to go into the presence of God, grab vision, come down. Everything that you see was a vision, was God's vision that he had placed on a few of our hearts. He would give me vision for this building, give me vision for the next things, and give me vision for the church. And, and all of a sudden, God just shows up and he does it. But he's looking for a people that are willing to just hear from him and go with it. Yes, it takes faith. Yes, it takes a little risk. Yes, it takes, Lord, this isn't going to work unless you show up. But that's the Lord. Otherwise, it would be man's vision. Men would be manipulating the system in order to get to God, and that has never worked. It never has. People have tried it. The Hebrew children tried it for, for centuries, and it never worked. And so God wants us to have a vision for our lives. He has a wonderful plan. Can I tell you this? He has a wonderful plan already set out for each and every one of you that's specifically for you. And he wants you to lean in with relationship with relationship with him and intimacy and hear from him for what his vision is specifically for you because he created you. He actually created vision and he added you to it. That's true. That's scripture right there. And so there's already vision for your life. It's just waiting to go to the throne room of, of grace and enter into the presence of God and to begin to capture that. And so we'll, we, we've been, we've been st- spending time there actually. Uh, but before we go into the description of these items right here, I want to let you know the message series coming up. Because a lot of our struggles come with a lack of identity, understanding who we are and whose we are. And so, uh, in the ne- not next week, we're going to finish our current series, but the week after that, February 13th, we're going to start a three-week series on identity, on sonship or daughtership, if you will, and helping understand who am I whenever I come to Christ, what does that mean? It's a, it's a core issue of every believer of learning their identity in Him. And so then after that, it's going to be our March 5th. It's going to be our anniversary. We're turning five. Thrive is turning five. Hey. And I'm inviting every one of you, every one of you, six, March 6th. I thought it was March 6th. I knew it. Okay, March 6th. Last, last, last service, it was March 5th. This week, his service is March 6th. I hope the other one doesn't come, don't come on Saturday. We'll be here on Sunday at 10 a.m. But we're going to have bounce houses. We're going to have cornhole going on. We're going to have a worship live outside, message live outside. We're going to have food trucks here as well. And all of it's just free for you. And we're just going to have a lot of fun out there just celebrating us turning five years old. That's huge. So I hope you come. Yes. Then we're going to kick off. Then we're going to kick off our nine-week series on the Beatitudes. Jesus had gone to the sermon uh, to the mount, and he was he was standing there delivering a message on the Beat. This has a lot to do with identity, by the way, because he began to give. Here's how you be, and here's the attitude you need to be having. <laughs> and so he gave these be these Beatitudes, and so they, all of them, all nine, start with "Blessed are they." Blessed is he. And what it means in every next step, every next part of the conversation was counterculture to what we see right now. And what he was saying was, blessed is he who does, blessed is he who this. He's saying, if you'll just do this, not not on an external effort, but if you'll fall in love with me and you really desire to do these things, blessings, my blessings flow from heaven. Yeah, they be be attitude and different. That's what that means. (laughs) 
And so we have have spent, your staff who serve you, if you're thinking about uh, a pyramid, we are on the bottom of that pyramid serving you, carrying the the weight of the load uh, at Thrive. And we're trying to constantly set our go team, that's our serve team, up for success so that all of you can thrive, find your flow in life, find your God-given purpose so that you can actually make a difference. So we've been sifting through every ministry and everything in our church for the last four months. We've been going through what we've adapted a process that is called the Patterson Stratop process. You know who Patterson is without knowing who Patterson is. Anybody ever gone to an ATM machine? Yeah, right, more than you have. Ladies, you're not fooling in. You're not fooling anybody. But Patterson literally, he literally went to a bank. It was after hours. He couldn't get money out. He sat down on the curb and he said, there's surely there's another way. And God downloaded to him what is now us, we know as the ATM machine. He went, got it patented. And two weeks before, two weeks before he got it patented, before a Harvard student came and tried to do the same thing. Then in church one day, he was sitting there watching and watching and wondering, why is our church not growing? This is God's place. This is, this is a place that should be growing the most, more than the outside world. And he said, God, surely there's a better way. And God began to download this process that's called Stratops process to him, to his church, and then it began to blow up. And we've adapted the same process to help us truly see the, uh, the, the issues that are behind the scenes that otherwise would be missed. And so we are here to create a healthy place because we're not worried about growth. A healthy place grows. Can you understand the difference? Many places are fo- so focused on growth, they're not worried about the people. But if we can focus on health and strength, then people grow. And so that's, that's the goal of the Stratops process. So we've been sifting through every area of our ministry. And so we landed first on the first most important thing, which right now is the kids are casting vision themselves. The most important thing in this whole building is that next generation coming up. And so right now you're about to hear something that you feel like may be insignificant, but it's very significant. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, we've brought in a lot of families just through this little bitty playground that's on your, over your left shoulder right there. But right now, the, the kids are in there scribbling out and drawing out their best version of what a real playground should look like. And, what, yeah, and, what, and what's happening is the reason behind that is when kids drive by and they're sitting there in the Whataburger or the Sonic parking lot or, or coming through Cotton Patch or Walmart, and they see a playground, they're... They're wearing their mothers and their fathers out on wanting to go play on that playground. And so kids have this always on radar. We were driving through Tyler the other day, and my, and my daughter goes, Daddy, there's a playground over there. I'm like, where? I can, I, like, adults are blind to these things. Kids are on high alert to these things. And so the, 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 the play is on this, if we can get the families in, and then our guest services can begin to minister to them, even starting at the door in the cafe, and then they come in for worship. And God begins to pour out. The word begins to get into their hearts. And then prayer begins to take place. And lives changed. Oh, now we can begin to work on all generations. And you think, well, it's just a playground. Oh, no, no. It is a vessel to bring in families so that we can get families healed, whole, and healthy. Yeah. And right now, even, we revamped our kids' ministry. You can go online. So if any parent goes online and says, at Thrive Community Church, what am I going to get? What are my kids going to get if I actually get up in the morning, get out of my PJs, and I take them to church? By the way, you should do. And so you can go to the online, and you'll begin to see how we break down our teaching. If you'll go to the next page, how we break down our teaching 
how, we, how, the, how kids actually relate and they learn and they connect these days. You're going to experience what it looks like on your first visit should you come you're, with our nursery and our Thrive Kids. You're going to see the different methods of approach that are driven specifically for your kids. You're also going to see the content, the points. Last, this January, we talked about learning the point of obedience. They're going to learn how to worship. They're going to learn how to memorize Scripture. They're going to learn how, how to apply Scripture in different main points, such as subjects, such as obedience. Uh, honor this month of February is going into honor. Who, who would like some parents, some kids that honor them? Yeah, and actually their life will be bear good fruit, and they'll have a longer, more productive life, according to Scripture, if they honor mother and father. Isn't that great? And so you'll see a one-year plan, but we're actually working behind the scenes to make it a three-year plan. And depending on their age group, we take it deeper in content so that we can connect and yet challenge them. And we come back around and we ask them what they remember, what they've learned, and go forward. Then we also have a method. We're partnering with parents. We have Facebook pages. You can, you can, you can actually text to get more information to keep, stay followed up. We have a website page that is geared towards the content that they will be learning in, in classroom in case you can't make it. But then we also have a community, a Facebook community group that's private to where I know my kids have friends in their Sunday school, their, their Thrive Kids class. I don't know the parents, but I'm going to blast on here. Hey, we're going to the water park this time. We're going to Thrive Super Awesome Playground at this time on on this day, anybody want to come, we'll be there. Because it's important. Here's the, here's the catch. Here's the main, the main goal right here. It's important that our kids, every generation, has, have relationship with other kids who are discovering the Word of God, growing in the Word of God, learning the Word of God, so that they can have people as they grow up who they can depend on and trust who also know the Word of God, rather than just having lost friends who they begin to veer away because it's, it's harder to pick somebody up than it is to pull them down. And the world's trying to pull us down. The world's not evil in, the, in that sense they're not meaning to. It's just in their hearts because they yet to come to know Jesus and fall in love with the real Jesus. So they don't know any better. So we need, we need children, the next generation, that can connect with one another, help one another, assist one another, and hold each other up. And that's our intention with everything that we're doing there. We also have discovered that our kids grow and learn the most when their parents are actually engaged. What happens is you know more about what's, what's going on from a week-to-week basis, and you can have table conversation over the Word of God on a basic level according to them. So what we've learned is if we can, and this is where you come in on this part, that's why we have a sign-up in, in front of the garage door on the way out. We're asking every parental unit, one or both, to register, to sign up, to serve one, one service in the month in the kids' ministry. So you come in, you worship one and serve one, or you serve one and worship one because you need to be fed too. You can't give out without receiving in, okay? So yes, it's a, you're here from 8 o'clock till noon, but praise the Lord because your life is being changed and so is your family's, the next generation's life. And if we have enough of you because we got more than enough parents, it may be once every two months, not that you have to serve, but that you get to serve. Because I promise when you start to see those kids and they capture your heart, you're going to be fighting for another time to be able to serve. But I'm sorry, other people are taking that blessing. So you better get in quick. And get as many name times as you can get on that, on that list. So we're, but we're also taking them somewhere. This means that we're going to need to make, because this ministry is growing so fast, 
We're going to need to take, you see all the kids up here? Isn't it beautiful watching those kids worship? Yeah. And so we're, we're making space in our, org, our organizational chart, our staff, for a next generational pastor. That pastor will begin to see parents from the time of conception, after conception rather, not at the time. After <laughs> That would be weird. <laughs> after. Through. through we went to MI, well, all the way All around. Through kids' ministry, into youth, student ministry, get, helping them get plugged into college, and then even helping them in their job, when they get into uh, the job force, the workforce, helping them get plugged in. And I'm going to show you how. In three weeks, we're taking four students, four of our students, to what, we, what is Highlands College. It's a Connect Church that we're connected with uh, in Alabama. We're also, we have a Connect Church in Dallas, South Lakes, called Gateway. They have a King's University. But we're taking four of our students to Highlands College. And I want to show you a two-minute clip on Highlands College. These are incredibly exciting times for Highlands College. We just kicked off a semester and it was amazing to see over 1,100 students pour into our college for this fall semester, both traditional and evening. God gave us an amazing vision. And now to see that vision come to life, is just the most incredible thing. Every part of it is supernatural. The people that God's brought us to pull this vision off, the building that God has provided, every part of it is a miracle. It's funny because I dream about this and think about this nonstop. Our church releasing into God's harvest field that is very ripe, thousands and thousands of young workers. I can see it in my mind, and I can imagine the impact that it's gonna make. It's exciting. These past few years of accreditation have been an incredible journey of building inside Highlands College the right degree and team around that and the faculty. It's incredible to see the growth and the fruit from that. We're getting ready to see the building project at Grandview come to life. By the fall of 21, we'll be ready for students go to class there and have their laboratories and practicums there and just really to experience the student life environment the building will create around the vision that we know God had in store all along. It's just incredible. You know, the part of this that we didn't plan was this Grandview facility. And of course, in order to do anything uh, in the education space, you really have to have a great facility to do it in. And God brought us this building and now we have this opportunity to to reshape it into one of the finest learning institutions in the world. Something that will not only be functional and do its job, but also is attractive so that the world can see, hey, we're not, we're not kidding around here. We're doing something that's gonna raise up some of the finest Christian leaders in the world. Really a first of its kind Christian university in an academy setting where full-time ministers of the gospel of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? They, the Green family, who owns Hobby Lobby Mardell's bookstore, they just gave $20 million to, to build a dormitory for the Highlands College. It's wow. amazing. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. So we're, we're, we're not kidding around. So we have a plan from, from child from birth all the way until we graduate these, children, these kids, young adults, in the next generation, and then hopefully get them job placed, whether it's in church, in a ministry somewhere, or in the workforce, because ministry is everywhere. It doesn't stop. So I want you to see how intentional we are. And so there's a gap that we found also in our doing our stratops process. Where there's a gap with the 11 years old up to around 16 years old. They come in on Sundays and it's difficult for them to connect. The attention span's not quite ready for this class and it's over. It, it's too much for uh, the, the kids. And so, and they're not quite ready for the youth because 
just different levels, different understanding levels. And so our, our perspective is that we're bringing in, we need to build a 1,200 square foot building. I don't know if y'all know, we bought this property over here just to the left. It's 612 Old Tyler Highway across the drive, the blacktop drive. And it's all wood chips right now. We left some trees to beautify it. There's going to be a prayer garden over there. There will be a 1,200 square foot facility there as well. And so it's going to be a multi-purpose. Uh, it, on the weekends, it will provide a place for our, our young, that 11th to 16-year-old group right there, where they have a place to worship, to get a message that's geared towards them to grow. That's in one service. And then they'll come over here, and they will serve in another service, because that's how discipleship takes place. That's how Jesus did it with the disciples. Taught, and now go do. Taught, and now go do. Taught, taught and now go do. They didn't have to have a, a, a degree in seminary before they went. They were trained on the job. And so the same, the same concept. But then also midweek, we need as a staff, your leadership needs a place to better serve you where we can keep our strat ops, keep our war room going, keep our planning, our envisioning and vision casting up and on the walls. Scripture says, keep the vision in front of your eyes. Keep it in front of you. It says, write it on the doorpost, write it on your head. Anybody ever seen those little boxes that the ultra-religious Jews wear? You ever seen those? Well, it's a symbolism of having the Torah inside. We went to, we went to Israel one time, one time and uh, we were getting, we we're about to land, and the ultra-religious Jews were getting ready, and they were strapping up, and they have boxes that they put on there, put on their heads. And my mother, she was beside me, she goes, oh, I have one of those headlamps too. <laughs> the light of the world, right? <laughs> so, and so... But we need a war room. We need a place where we can see the bigger things and how to land that plane uh, in a space where we don't have to set up and tear down, set up and tear down, set up and tear down. We will later, later, later add a timber pavilion and it will rotate into a work, uh, sorry, a, a, a celebration space, a place where we can have events. Even the community can rent this to be, so it can hopefully be self-sustaining in itself, pay for itself. There will be a space that later, not at first, can turn into a workspace so that young businessmen and women, entrepreneurs, can come and rent a desk space. They may not be able to afford an office, but they can rent space that will also bring income to help pay for itself in the future or pay us or pay us back and so that all also means that there's got to be some 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 space for us you may be thinking well why not use this green space well, the reason is, is because in the future, we're going to be putting our next building there. The kids have already said, you guys got to get out. This is our building. We're going to need the rest of it because we're planning on growing our ministry. That was the plan since the beginning. The youth will one day be doing everything that you see. They'll be doing this part right here, communicating from the platform, leading worship with skill sets. They'll be in there in the sound, in the media, in the lighting. They'll be doing that. The kids will come over, and the, as the communicator of the week will speak a 15, 12 to 15-minute message, the kids will grasp it. They'll go into their classrooms. The teachers will be ready already with the, with the information in advance, and they'll be, do a small group study based on what they learned right here in a fun and presentable way. That's what we're doing with our youth. Parents, the adults, we're moving over there. And so here's an idea of what our building will in the future look like. But we're thinking five, five years or so, we're going to need to start locking in plans. Because as you see, if you don't get ahead of this thing, people start leaving because they don't really want to sit this close to each other for that long. And some of you are already like, oh my gosh, I'm never coming back here if it's going to be this full again. Who, yeah, real, I, you don't want to admit it, you don't want, but you thought it. 
And that's why you like going to the movie theater when it's empty, right? Like, I don't want people around me. I just want my space. I want to spread out. And I don't like this seat in front of me so close, especially this kid that's rocking back and forth. Get, y'all know. But then also we have plans to update our Thrive Cafe, the seating inside. And then not only that, to have it overflow outside within a covered awning area. Watch this. I'm about to give you a double play here. An outdoor awning area that has a fan and mister so it can be, it can be cooler so that parents that come in, they can, they can have coffee, chat with their friends, maybe do a small group study while their kids are playing in the super awesome, mega, hyper, incredible playground with maybe a roller coaster. Who knows? <laughs> and then we have a mobile trailer that we have in plans for the end of summer. It's not a truck, it's a trailer, but this is really cool. By the way, my, my sister-in-law did all these drawings. We didn't just pull these off. My sister, that was amazing. She was the one up here worshiping, leading us in worship as well. And so, uh, so we can go to events and festivals and have influence. What, what happens is as, you, as you're serving people in their hearts and what they really want, all of a sudden you give them what they really need, and that's Jesus. And what, what happens with, what happens, Jesus, Greg? <laughs> Bring it down. Jesus <laughs> is the answer. Makes me, remind me of a joke, but I don't have time for the joke. So... As we're, as we're also doing that with every, every cup that we've sold, every bag that we sell of coffee, we get that from ministry partners that we have in Honduras and where, where we go and we do missions work. We go to the mountain village where the parents, the kids of the parents who work in the coffee plantation, they learn, are educated. We minister to them. And as you buy a cup of coffee, 50, 50 cents of every cup goes back to their education and a place in the city, Copan Ruinas, where their orphans, parents will bring or their kids to the orphanages during non-harvest seasons because they just can't afford to take care of their kids. So the orphanage takes them in, gives them new clothes, food, and education while they're there, and then the parents come back and get them during harvest season when they can keep them again. You're doing that right here with coffee. And so as we mobilize with a trailer, we're also building influence there, and we're ministering not only through coffee, but with Jesus, to the heart of Jesus. And so that next is our Dream Center. I don't know if you know, but we bought uh, the old Release Free building on North Prairieville, uh, the Dream Center, Thrive Dream Center. Uh, we, we purchased it, uh, I think, a few weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. But the idea in the Dream Center is just that that it begin to be a place where dreams are, come to fruition. Uh, we see that we need, a, we need Thrive Tribe small groups for, home, for the homeless people because we, we want to get them discipleship, what they really need. And so also blended families, broken families. Any broken families out there? Broken families. And then also uh, you, mentoring with youth, young adults. Something as simple as having a kid's reading program will change lives in those precious people's lives. And then also we know too that God, is, God, God has the next generation worship leaders, communicators, business women and, pe- and men and women over in that, in that precious space. And it takes people who have a heart to carry over into the Dream Center to minister to those needs. And what we're going to be doing soon is having a strategy meeting and we're inviting those who might want to be a part of the Dream Center leadership to be at that StratOps meeting. You'll be hearing more about that in the future, but our prayer is that we can begin to truly bring to fruition the dreams that are in the heart of people who otherwise may not be able to afford it. That's what the church does. 
And then lastly, in two years, I don't know if anybody was here at first conference. Anybody here at first conference? Just me, few, but all right, good deal. Well, there was a lady, Stephanie Ferris, who I, I met in Brazil uh, six, seven years ago. We've been friends, and, and she loves my wife and I, and she's come to Thrive several times. But God put it on her heart and her husband that they want to move here after she gets her master's degree to help us establish our Thrive Ministry School. That's huge. It's yeah, it's been, in, it's been in the heart of Thrive since birth, since we started, but it's been, I'm sorry, it's been prophesied over us several times in the beginning, and now it's when God starts to bring the people. And, that, and that's where we all have to respond. It's one thing for us to hear, to hear from God, but it's another thing for us to respond to what we're hearing from God. Do y'all understand? Yeah. And so I want to give you an opportunity because none of this happens without you. So we go to the mountaintop, we get vision from the Lord, and then we bring it back down to you and say, hey, do you want to be a part of this? And here's what I'm asking. I'm inviting you to be a part of that today, to make a commitment to seeing this thing through for the next generation, for this generation, and the generation that's gone before us. Because everything that we're doing is for every generation that's in this room right now. And so you'll see in the seat back in front of you, there should be a card that's just like this. It's very beautiful, has all the drawings on it. It's super awesome, amazing. And I hope they refill it. Would you grab it? Would you just grab it and take a look at it? And it's called a commitment card. And what is on the commitment card, it, says, it shows you some of these vision items. And what we're asking is that you today prayerfully, because you need to hear from the Lord on that, prayerfully mark your name, mark your information, and then say, I feel like the Lord, the commitment level is this amount, and then the frequency. We, what we do when we do this, this is an offering which is above the tithe. We have another envelope that's in the, box, in the, in the seat back in front of you that looks like this, has Thrive in the top left corner. It says tithes and offerings. And that's where at the beginning of the month, which this is the beginning of the month coming up. As full-time ministers of the gospel of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? They, the Green family, who owns Hobby Lobby Mardell's bookstore, they just gave $20 million to, to build a dormitory for the Highlands College. It's wow. amazing. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. So we're, we're, we're not kidding around. So we have a plan from, from child from birth all the way until we graduate these, children, these kids, young adults, in the next generation, and then hopefully get them job placed, whether it's in church, in a ministry somewhere, or in the workforce, because ministry is everywhere. It doesn't stop. So I want you to see how intentional we are. And so there's a gap that we found also in our doing our strat-ops process. Where there's a gap with the 11 years old up to around 16 years old. They come in on Sundays and it's difficult for them to connect. The attention span's not quite ready for this class and it's, over, it, it's too much for uh, the, the kids. And, so, and they're not quite ready for the youth because just different levels, different understanding levels. And so our, our perspective is that we're bringing in, we need to build a 1,200 square foot building. I don't know if y'all know, we bought this property over here just to the left. It's 612 Old Tyler Highway across the drive, the, the blacktop drive. And it's all wood chips right now. We left some trees to beautify it. There's going to be a prayer garden over there. There will be a 1,200 square foot facility there as well. And so it's going to be a multi-purpose. Uh, it, on the weekends, it will provide a place for our, our young, that 11th to 16-year-old group right there, where they have a place to worship, to get a message that's geared towards them to grow. 
That's in one service. And then they'll come over here and they will serve in another service because that's how discipleship takes place. That's how Jesus did it with the disciples. Taught and now go do. Taught and now go do. Taught taught, and now go do. They didn't have to have a, a, a degree in seminary before they went. They were trained on the job. And so the same, the same concept. But then also midweek, we need as a staff, your leadership needs a place to better serve you where we can keep our strat ops, keep our war room going, keep our planning, our envisioning and vision casting up and on the walls. It, scripture says, keep the vision in front of your eyes. Keep it in front of you. It says, written on the doorpost, write it on your head. Anybody ever seen those little boxes that the ultra-religious Jews wear? You ever seen those? Well, it's a symbolism of having the Torah inside. We went to, we went to Israel one time, one time and uh, we were getting, we're about to land and the ultra-religious Jews were getting ready and they were strapping up and they have boxes that they put on there, put on their heads. And my mother, she was beside me. She goes, oh, I have one of those headlamps too. <laughs> the light of the world, right? <laughs> so, and so... But we need a war room. We need a place where we can see the bigger things and how to land that plane uh, in a space where we don't have to set up and tear down, set up and tear down, set up and tear down. We will later, later, later add a timber pavilion and it will rotate into a work, uh, sorry, a, a, a celebration space, a place where we can have events. Even the community can rent this to be, so it can hopefully be self-sustaining in itself, pay for itself. There will be a space that later, not at first, can turn into a workspace so that young businessmen and women, entrepreneurs, can come and rent a desk space. They may not be able to afford an office, but they can rent space that will also bring income to help pay for itself in the future or pay us or pay us back and so that all also means that there's got to be some 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 space for us you may be thinking well why not use this green space well, the reason is, is because in the future, we're going to be putting our next building there. The kids have already said, you guys got to get out. This is our building. We're going to need the rest of it because we're planning on growing our ministry. That was the plan since the beginning. The youth will one day be doing everything that you see. They'll be doing this part right here, communicating from the platform, leading worship with skill sets. They'll be in there in the sound, in the media, in the lighting. They'll be doing that. The kids will come over, and the, as the communicator of the week will speak a 15, 12 to 15-minute message, the kids will grasp it. They'll go into their classrooms. The teachers will be ready already with the, with the information in advance, and they'll do a small group study based on what they learned right here in a fun and presentable way. That's what we're doing with our youth. Parents, the adults, we're moving over there. And so here's an idea of what our building will in the future look like. But we're thinking five, five years or so, we're going to need to start locking in plans. Because as you see, if you don't get ahead of this thing, people start leaving because they don't really want to sit this close to each other for that long. And some of you are already like, oh my gosh, I'm never coming back here if it's going to be this full again. Who, yeah, real, I, you don't want to admit it, you don't, but you thought it. And that's why you like going to the movie theater when it's empty, right? Like, I don't want people around me, I just want my space, I want to spread out, and I don't like this seat in front of me so close. Especially this kid that's rocking back and forth. Get, y'all know. But then also we have plans to update our Thrive Cafe, the seating inside. And then not only that, to let it, have it overflow outside with a covered awning area. Watch this. I'm about to give you a double play here. An outdoor awning area that has a fan and mister so it can be, it can be cooler so that parents that come in, they can, 
They can have coffee, chat with their friends, maybe do a small group study while their kids are playing in the super awesome, mega, hyper, incredible playground with maybe a roller coaster. Who knows? (laughs) And then we have a mobile trailer that we have in plans for the end of summer. It's not a truck, it's a trailer, but this is really cool. By the way, my my sister-in-law did all these drawings. We didn't just pull these off. My sister, that was amazing. She was the one up here worshiping, leading us in worship as well. And so, uh, so we can go to events and festivals and have influence. What, what happens is as, you, as you're serving people in their hearts and what they really want, all of a sudden you give them what they really need, and that's Jesus. And what, what happens with, what happens, Jesus, Greg? <laughs> Bring it down. Jesus <laughs> is the answer. Makes me, remind me of a joke, but I don't have time for the joke. So... As we're, as we're also doing that with every, every cup that we've sold, every bag that we sell of coffee, we get that from ministry partners that we have in Honduras and where, where we go and we do missions work. We go to the mountain village where the parents, the kids of the parents who work in the coffee plantation, they learn, are educated. We minister to them. And as you buy a cup of coffee, 50, 50 cents of every cup goes back to their education and a place in the city, Copan Ruinas, where their orphans, parents will bring or their kids to the orphanages during non-harvest seasons because they just can't afford to take care of their kids. So the orphanage takes them in, help, gives them new clothes, food, and education while they're there, and then the parents come back and get them during harvest season when they can keep them again. You're doing that right here with coffee. And so as we mobilize with a trailer, we're also building influence there, and we're ministering not only through coffee, but with Jesus, to the heart of Jesus. And so that next is our Dream Center. I don't know if you know, but we bought uh, the old Release Free building on North Prairieville, uh, the Dream Center, Thrive Dream Center. Uh, we, we purchased it, uh, I think, a few weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. But the idea in the Dream Center is just that. Did it begin to be a place where dreams are come to fruition? Uh, we see that we need a, we need thrive tribe small groups for home for the homeless people. We need, because we want to get them discipleship what they really need. And so also blended families, broken families. Any broken families out there? Broken families, and then also uh, you, mentoring with youth, young adults. Something as simple as having a kids reading program will change lives in those precious people's lives. And then also we know too that God, is, God, God has the next generation worship leaders, communicators, business women and, and men and women over in that, in that precious space. And it takes people who have a heart to carry over into the Dream Center to minister to those needs. And what we're going to be doing soon is having a strategy meeting and we're inviting those who might want to be a part of the Dream Center leadership to be at that StratOps meeting. You'll be hearing more about that in the future, but our prayer is that we can begin to truly bring to fruition the dreams that are in the heart of people who otherwise may not be able to afford it. That's what the church does. And then lastly, in two years, I don't know if anybody was here at first conference. Anybody here at first conference? Just me? Few, all right, good deal. Well, there was a lady, Stephanie Ferris, who I, I met in Brazil uh, six, seven years ago. We've been friends, and, and she loves my wife and I, and she's come to Thrive several times. But God put it on her heart and her husband that they want to move here after she gets her master's degree to help us establish our Thrive Ministry School. That's huge. It's yeah, it's been, in, it's been in the heart of Thrive since birth, since we started, but it's been, I'm sorry, it's been prophesied over us several times in the beginning, and now it's when God starts to bring the people. 
And, that, and that's where we all have to respond. It's one thing for us to hear, to hear from God, but it's another thing for us to respond to what we're hearing from God. Do you all understand? And so I want to give you an opportunity because none of this happens without you. So we go to the mountaintop, we get vision from the Lord, and then we bring it back down to you and say, hey, do you want to be a part of this? And here's what I'm asking. I'm inviting you to be a part of that today to make a commitment to seeing this thing through for the next generation, for this generation, and the generation that's gone before us. Because everything that we're doing is for every generation that's in this room right now. And so you'll see in the seat back in front of you, there should be a card that's just like this. It's very beautiful, has all the drawings on it. It's super awesome, amazing. And I hope they refill it. Would you grab it? Would you just grab it and take a look at it? And it's called a commitment card. And what is on the commitment card, it it shows you some of these vision items. And what we're asking is that you today prayerfully, because you need to hear from the Lord on that, prayerfully mark your name, mark your information, and then say, I feel like the Lord, the commitment level is this amount, and then the frequency. We, what we do when we do this, this is an offering which is above the tithe. We have another envelope that's in the, box, in, the, in the seat back in front of you that looks like this, has Thrive in the top left corner. It says tithes and offerings. And that's where at the beginning of the month, which this is the beginning of the month coming up, or how the Lord works. And the reason I say we tithe out of what he already provides we give offering out of what he speaks to us and says. Here's the, here's the trick on that. He says, test me now in this, in the tithe, and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour out enough blessing that you can't even keep it in your barns, in your, in your, on your farm. That's what he says, and he fulfills his promise. Then he turns around and blesses you, and then he tests your heart. Because where your treasure is, so too is your heart. And if your treasure's not in the kingdom, your heart won't be there either. And so he tests you in your treasure. And then when he does, and when you respond, he actually provides the very amount that he wants you to return to him, and then he blesses you with even more. And so I'm asking you today to make a commitment. What we're going to do, we're going to count these. We're going to tally these up. And that will help us to decide what it is in the vision that we can begin to work forwards so we can move the vision forward. And you get to decide as you hear from the Lord, because he's speaking to everybody. He's speaking all throughout this space. And he can speak to all of us at once, at the very same time. So I want to pray with you. There's going to be, there's ways that you can give. In fact, let me just show you a few things that the tithes and offerings have done so far. Can we bring up the metrics? We've had 32 salvations this month. Now, that's a heart for the kingdom right there. We've had 30 healings in 22. Most of them happened in the first conference. 17 decisions or rededications for Christ. 24 baptisms. We've had seven child dedications. We've given away 75 meals at Christmas just in December. We have sold $11,830 in coffee sales, which, mind you, goes to missions. A percentage of that goes to missions. Next, Next page. Uh, We've had 1,191 kids, an average of 46 uh, each weekend since August. We've gave away $5,755 in local missions, national missions, $14,870, And that's just in in the last year. That's not not forever. We've had 76. Now, midweek, this place is full. Like we're doing, we're, 
It's not a, an empty church house and we're just full on the weekends and I don't know why they put, you spend so much money on a building. No, no. We're booking it every, time, every day of the week except for Friday because we need a rest. And so what we've had is 76 pastoral counseling moments this, this month. This month, 16 of them were freedom sessions. That's, a, that's, a equivalent. that's 92, 92 in January. Like there's a lot going on. And if we don't get ahead of this thing, then we're going to miss a lot. Because of the COVID season, there's a lot of effects that are just now coming to the surface. And thank God that, thank God that they are. But we have to have space and we have to have people that can minister to these needs. Right now, there are four people who are going to ministry college and counseling, university for counseling to, le- to learn how to meet the needs of the people because it's just going to get greater. And we can't do it without you being a part of this because it is for you, it's about you, and it is as equally a part as ours as it is yours. And we lead, by the way, we lead in giving. We lead the way. Because we can't ask you to do something that we're not willing to do. And I never would. And so there's ways that you can give. You'll get out your phone. You can even take pictures. There's, you can give livewithpurpose.church. You can scan here. It'll take you to some of the options. And I would like for you, if you feel, as you fill these, these out, and maybe you have a first fruit offerings, meaning I'm bringing in my first fruit because I'm trusting God with the rest of the harvest this year. This is an offering. This is usually a large and challenging amount. Let me tell you. I had a guy come to me. He said, I, I don't know if I can give as much as I gave last year because God blessed me way so much. I, don't, I can't even keep up with the business that I have. I said, wait a minute. You got to hear from the Lord on that. Amen. You, and so give the, if you'll put those in the black box right behind Nate where it says giving, the giving box. He's not, the, he's, not, he's not overseeing it. Like, you know, Jesus even did that. He would just sit there and watch and see how much people would give. You know why he was? He wasn't, it wasn't about the amount. It was about the heart. Jesus wanted to see your heart because he could see it as you put it. There's your heart. And that next one, you can go have a cash app. You're going to be able to see these on the walls. Next one, heart for the kingdom. If you scan this, it'll take you to the page where it's actually a commitment page as well. And you can make two, one of two decisions. You can start to give now your reoccurring gift or you can commit to what you're going to give how often. Again, this is about God's vision. Next is the Venmo app. You can give there. Next. You can text Thrive Give. That will take you to our tithing page to 94,000. Or you can text Heart for the Kingdom to 94,000. And that will also, also take you to the commitment page. And I, I want to I give you an opportunity. I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because sometimes people struggle to hear from the Lord and it's not because he's, he's not speaking. So if you will, right where you're at, maybe even put the, the envelope in your hand, the commitment card in your hand. So Father, I just ask that you begin to speak to the hearts of your people. And anything that is causing an interference in the frequency in which you speak, Father, I pray that you identify that. Bring us to a place of possibly repenting of not believing that you speak. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking that you are a faraway God when you're really near. And so right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak to every individual about their level of commitment to your vision, that their treasure truly be in your kingdom. 
And as they reveal that, Father, I pray that you take up the commitment and in return, you bless them with everything that they're hearing you from. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm going to give you your vision, God's vision for you. That's the vision for the church. God's vision for you is four four steps. You'll see it from Genesis to Revelation. And it's this, that every individual be introduced to the real Jesus, not the religious Jesus, by the way. The real Jesus is, is like metamorphosis of a butterfly. It goes from a caterpillar through the metamorphic process into becoming this beautiful thing. And that's really how it is with you and I. God takes all the old ugliness, all that stuff, and he begins to transform us into this beautiful creation through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And and what happens is many of us have had a religious experience, and in that religious experience, we tried to just start being good. And what would happen, and even good was pushed on it. You need to be this. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Or you're not doing enough. Do, 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 do. And all that was external. But God's trying to get to the internal. And once God has the internal part, he begins to transform, and all of a sudden, the external shifts. And then it becomes finding freedom, where you start to let go of the yesterdays. All of a sudden, God starts to doing the work. And what you're going to see in a moment is baptism. And here's what Scripture says in 1 Peter 3, 21. It says, that, by the way, is what baptism pictures for us. In baptism, we show that we have been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of Christ. Not because our bodies are washed clean by the water, but because in being baptized, we are turning to God and asking Him to cleanse our heart from sin. So as you see these guys and girls being baptized, it's their hearts that are being washed from sin. And there's a, I was listening, talking to a dad before the first service, and he was reminding me that at groundbreaking, but when we put shovels on the ground for this place, we did a baptism in, the, in a hot tub on the back of a trailer. <laughs> well, that's a vision. And a young lady came up to get baptized. And since that day, Let me just look at these guys. Since that day, since that day, I've watched her for months come into church and sit down like this, to now she's on my staff and she's leading the media, everything that you see up here. I went went to rent a ditch witch last Saturday, ran into a lady. She says, you baptized me, and my life's been changed ever since. Why so much vision, Pastor Nathan? This is why we do it. This is why we do it. And when we begin to just commit and bring in to, what, to God what belongs to Him anyway, all of a sudden He not only blesses us, but He blesses others through it. 32 salvations in January alone. 16 baptisms today. First service and second service. And then we find freedom, we connect to purpose. And this is what God's design is for every one of us, is that finally we start to discover that God-given design, the reason he even created us, the vision he had for for us, and then he had a vision of us. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are created in workman, as his workmanship in Christ Jesus for the good works which he created beforehand. He created a good work, and then he created you. 
Oh, that ought to change somebody's life because God has, has vision for you. And what happens is when you find that vision, even David said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You knew me. My, my life was designed before I was born. Then we start making a difference. And that's God's vision for you. All of a sudden, I find my design. I start to work within my gifts and my callings and my abilities. And God uses the torture of my past and he turns it into healing greater than ourselves father i pray that you drive home this seed in the seed bed that has been tilled up today and father i pray that you bring people along to do some watering because lord we know that you provide all of the growth and so father as we just adhere to your words and your truth and your ways father and we forgive the people of the past who have hurt us with with good intention probably but they went about it with the wrong means. Father, we just forgive them right now when he asks you to change our lives. Change us, not externally, but internally in the heart and change our minds to match. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Can I get a good amen? Amen. I love y'all. I'm thankful for y'all. You can put these in the black box as you go. Y'all celebrate these guys because this is what it's all about. So, um, 19, 19 years ago, I stood at a baby's crib and prayed over a little girl, prayed over her heart, prayed over her head, and said, Lord, I'm asking you. save my little girl but he laid on my heart to pray for a future husband so when she was a couple of months old I'm praying for her future husband and I pray for salvation and I pray for his parents and here in the service 19 years later sits parents and her husband giving his life to the Lord. And so here as a young man at the first conference, he said, when the pastor said, who wants to give their life to the Lord? He told me later, he said, my hand went up, but I didn't even raise it. So I'm proud of you, my, my, my new son. And so Colton, why are you getting baptized? I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. So, upon his, upon obedience to the Lord, I baptize, baptize you, my brother in Christ, and my new son. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. this young lady grow over the last 
what, four or five, uh, four years, and just watched her uh, blossom. And just, God has been so great and so graceful in this family, and I'm thankful to be a part of it and been been able to walk with them through this. And I'm so proud of Emily. So um, we get to baptize her, and she's been so excited all week. So and this is Emily Sawyer. Emily, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And by the mighty name of Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. And I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. several years who coached my son in soccer who I prayed for his youngest daughter when she was just a baby and I've been part of their lives for over 10 years I prayed for this moment every day this is Stephen Stephen have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior I now baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. son, Christian, has played on the same soccer field and then on the same team with, with my son and then in football through high school. baptizes you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
This is George. Who with Nathan, worked with Nathan. Nathan just walked up to him one day and, and George started just spilling his guts. And Nathan said, I know where you need to go to get some counseling. So him and his wife came in and went from divorce to one of the strongest marriages that they've ever had and that they both on the same day made decisions to follow Jesus and are now being baptized together. George, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. George's wife, Sarah. <laughs> oh, the stories I could tell. <laughs> but what I know is she is, she loves her husband, and her husband loves her. And great miracles happen here. And so, Sarah, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Your husband now baptizes you <laughs> and not drowns you. <laughs> In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. seen him and his wife grow and come here to thrive and today begins the day of his salvation Greg do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior yes I do <laughs> I now baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Worship God, isn't he good? Hey, we're so glad you were here and you worship God with us. Remember, tonight, yes, go sign up so. for our mission trip. Come to Honduras with us. And also, if you have your commitment card, just drop it in the black box. Other than that, you are blessed and you're dismissed. Thank you so much.
born in weary land where many a dream has died. Like a tree planted by the water, we never will run dry. Cause of living water, so living 